What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of the second season. We've decided to let you know more about us, so now this channel isn't just for stories anymore. Anyway, did you know that in my school, we start school at 7.30 and end at 5 p.m.? That's school time here in Taiwan in 8th grade, which I'm in, but in 9th grade, we have to stay for another hour. If you add it up, you'll see that we spend about 10 to 11 hours at school each school day. After that, most students go to cram school or go home to study. And if you ask a random middle school student, they might tell you that they go to bed at 12 or even later, just because they have to stay up late and study. In addition, I am in the orchestra in my school, and we practice every day after school. So basically, I go to school at 7.30 a.m. and come home at 8. That's more than 12 hours. Life in middle school is truly boring and very much exhausting, I must say. So this creates a pretty tiring cycle for a students, having to study all day long and not having any free time to do what we really like. For example, I like to write my own stories and create my own songs. I play the piano and the flute, and I have to do all that on the weekends. We struggle to keep a nice balance between school and our hobbies, and it is very hard to keep both on track. Do you have the same problems? If so, feel free to tell us about it. Transparent 2 Chapter 1 Miss Pupperly Brittany Poverly snapped awake from her bed, sitting up very suddenly. The sun was shining through the window. It was morning. She'd had a nightmare, the same one she'd been having for over a week, certainly not a pleasant one. Her brown hair was a mess, seeing that she had been wriggling around in her bed the whole night dreaming, and her pajama was wrinkled and stained. Brittany groaned as she saw herself in the mirror. She hated how dirty and messy she looked. Grabbing a comb, she quickly brushed her hair, pulling hard through the tangles, though it hurt badly. How she wished her mother were there. If she were, they would have tons of fun braiding each other's hair and choosing each other's outfits, and they could both look pretty together. Certainly not this mess, she thought, pulling at a tight knot. Mother and I would have been gorgeous if she weren't that busy with work and all. Brittany rummaged through the big pile of clothes and pulled out her uniform. She hummed as she put it on, trying hard to forget about the nightmare. Both her parents weren't home. They were both at work. Only her father wasn't as busy at work as her mother, but he hadn't come back home in weeks. He worked in an agency that he couldn't speak a word about with anybody except his co-workers. All Brittany knew about the agency was, it was a secret. That was all her dad would tell her. Her uniform was wrinkled. She didn't bother ironing it since the iron was too heavy for a little girl to lift. Though she was still young, her job wasn't easy. It was a job that put her life at risk, but she liked it. It was a job that made her feel like she had a purpose beside taking care of her brother and sister. 
She liked the way they had all these kinds of mysterious gadgets. It made her feel powerful just holding them in her hands. How everything, every time she put her uniform on in the morning, she felt the world becoming safer. Safer from the indescribable beings, or rather souls, ghosts. She was a ghostbuster. Down the stairs she went. She poured herself some milk and sat down at the kitchen table. Her brother and sister were still asleep. The house was as quiet as ever. A fat orange cat jumped out from nowhere and landed on the table. Brittany's bowl of milk wobbled, but she managed to hold it in place before it could be knocked over. Watch it, Inky! She exclaimed as the table stopped wobbling. Inky meowed loudly and laid down beside Brittany's bowl. He gazed wondrously at the girl as she slurped down the milk. No, no milk for you, Brittany said sternly to the cat and stood up, cleaning the table and walking to the sink. Winky, Inky whimpered. Although he was already fatter than an average-sized cat, he was still always asking for food. Brittany had been trying to get the cat to go on a diet, but that was what was the point of arguing with the cat. It was never going to work out. Just as she was washing the pile of dirty dishes, the old telephone in the living room rang noisily. Brittany wiped her hands on her uniform carelessly and hurried over to answer the phone. Hello? Brittany Poverly here. Brittany, where are you? You're late for work, the girl from the other side of the phone cried, sounding very much worried. Relax, relax Meg. I'll be there, Brittany said calmly. I just have something to do. You'd better not be late. Mrs. White needs you at the ghost's headquarters right now, her friend Meg Sharp scolded and hung up. The girl pulled her backpack up to her shoulders and struggled to place a little stool in front of a tall shelf in her room. She climbed onto the stool and stood on tiptoes as she stretched her little body as tall as she could, and finally, using her fingertips, managed to take the small bag on the top shelf. The things inside the bag were abnormal, but to Brittany, they were her everyday life. She took a white ball out from the bag and, without hesitation, smashed it against the ground. There was a puff of smoke and she disappeared. The balls she was using were transportation balls. Every Ghostbuster member had them, yet nobody understood clearly how they worked physically. Inside the house, there was only the cat Inky lying lazily on the couch, watching as she went. The location was a mystery. No one knew where the place was, not even the workers working in it, not even Brittany Poverly. There, the girl suddenly appeared from nowhere, but no one seemed to care. Perhaps it was because it was their everyday life as well. The headquarters was magnificent. The sun was just rising behind it, shadows casting on the big letters displaying on the old building. Brittany trotted over to the entrance of the headquarters and entered the password. As the door creaked open for her, she gasped in surprise. Staring in awe, the little girl could not move. She was amazed. The crowd was cheering and applauding as a group of white figures and a human beings 
and a few human beings came up to the stage, and Miss Poverly herself was giving medals to them. The heroes, Brittany whispered under her breath. All of them. I'm seeing them with my own eyes. The heroes were a group of ghosts and humans who captured the evil ghost witch, Evelyn Black. The Ghostbusters had been trying to bring her in for ages, and now she was in their cell for the most dangerous criminals, locked away safely. The ghosts and the heroes were too a part of the Ghostbusters, but they only helped capture bad ghosts like Evelyn Black. They were also fighting for ghosts' rights, hoping the Ghostbusters wouldn't capture innocent ghosts anymore. Some moments later, the ceremony had come to an end and the crowd had gone. Just a, pe- a few people were walking around the lobby of the headquarters. Brittany still didn't move. Hey buddy, what are you doing here? Someone put a hand on her shoulder. She turned around. It was just her friend Meg. Did you enjoy the ceremony? Brittany nodded, her eyes fixed on the medal Meg was wearing. It must have been a huge honor being a member of the heroes and catching Evelyn Black, wasn't it? She asked her friend. And plus, the, av- the adventure must have been wonderful. Meg laughed, playing with her medal. Brittany, you have no idea how crazy and insane it was, but there was one part that wasn't that exciting, and that part was ditching Marina. She's an excellent friend, but I already have a breast best friend you if she and i become friends then she wouldn't want to be with me every second of the day and i don't want that i want to spend some time with you but again if i don't become friends with her i feel left out and abandoned in some way though i am the one who has abandoned them i wish you were there so we could all be together me too but you and the rest of the team are all so talented i would be no help to you at all meg took her hand off britney's shoulder hey you are the ex-grand ghost's daughter there's nothing literally nothing you can't do i certainly hope so britney said smiling at her friend now i know exactly what i need a cup of hot black coffee Meg nodded her head. I'll wait for you right here, then we'll go to morning briefing together. She patted her friend on the shoulder and walked down the lobby. Brittany watched her leave as soon as she went out of sight. She set off to the cafeteria to get herself the beverage. Although she knew it was bad for her health to drink caffeine at such a young age, she still did it because she was stressed a lot and had to give herself the lift. Brittany yawned as she arrived at the cafeteria and grabbed a to-go cup, setting it in the coffee machine and watching as the black coffee came trickling down into the cup. Suddenly, someone behind her bumped into her, and she yelped in surprise as the coffee spilled all over her hands. I'm so sorry. Here, I'll help you clean up, the boy who bumped into her apologized. He immediately dropped down on his to his hands and knees and started wiping the floor clean with some tissue. Brittany picked up the coffee cup up and threw it in the trash. The boy glanced at her name tag. Are you a rookie to the Ghostbusters? I've never seen your name here. Brittany gave him a dirty look. 
Hey, don't disrespect me. I may be a new member here, but I'm not an amateur. My mother was the grand ghost. The boy gasped in a mixture of astonishment and shame, and he stood up, cleaning himself. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were the daughter of the past grand ghost. I didn't mean for you to feel disrespected. And also, I'm truly very sorry for your loss. Brittany was confused. What did he mean by her loss? But she forced a smile at the boy. It's alright, I forgive you. The boy apologized once again for her coffee and walked away quickly. Brittany sighed, placing another cup in the coffee maker, started the machine and waited. Her feelings were complicated. She felt proud of her mother for being such a great leader. She felt sad that she would always just be remembered as the daughter of the past grand ghost, but mostly she didn't want people to see her differently just because her mother had been their boss. She just wanted to be Brittany Puberly. She just wanted to be herself. After the coffee was ready, she took it with her and went to the lobby to meet Meg. Suddenly, there, just when she and Meg were about to set off to morning briefing, a voice from the loudspeaker boomed. Brittany Poverly, please enter Mrs. White's office immediately. The two girls exchanged glances, and they walked down the lobby together, heading toward the master's office. As soon as they reached it, Brittany knocked on the door. She wished that she hadn't done something terribly wrong, so wrong that she would be called to the master's office. But on the bright side, maybe she was getting a promotion for excellent work, just like Meg had. The thought made her marry and a tiny bit jealous of Meg at the same time. She could hear the sound of Mrs. White's wine glass tinkling, the sound of long fingernails tapping on it, and then the woman answered the door. Her face was solemn. Brittany was starting to worry. She was certain that she was not called here for a promotion. Poverly, sharp, please come in, Mrs. White said grimly. Brittany inhaled and walked into the room after Meg. The way Mrs. White called them by their last names was getting her very much anxious. The woman, who was wearing a red dress that matched the red wine in her wine glass, motioned for the two to sit down on the fluffy chairs in the room beside the window. You see, Brittany, the world is pitiless, she said, pouring more wine and taking a sip. And just a few hours ago, during the night, a tragedy happened. Unfortunately, your mother, who is also known as the ex-grand ghost, died in her own office. Brittany frowned. Her mind could not catch up with the information. Meg gasped and covered her mouth. What do you mean, Mrs. White? She asked curiously. She didn't know whether to feel sorrow or suspicious or both would be appropriate. My mom is a ghost. She's already dead. How in the world can ghosts die? Mrs. White sighed and slowly sat down on the couch across from two girls. She took another sip of the red wine. There is no need to worry, Brittany. The detectives are still working on the case. I'm sure everything is still on track. Besides, the heroes are coming to help. Am I right, Margaret? She turned to her gaze at Meg. Of course, for the Ghostbusters, Brittany and Mrs. Puberly, 
Miss Poverly. I will do anything, her friend said reassuringly. I will get the others to come as well. Mrs. White nodded her head. Now, Margaret, do you mind giving Brittany and I a minute? Meg took a glance at Brittany and walked out of Mrs. White's office. As she left, Mrs. White stood up from the couch and sat down next to Brittany in Meg's place. Brittany, I know this is hard, and if there's anything the Ghostbusters and I could do, we'd do it. Just let us out know if you need anything. Brittany looked down at the floor. How did she die? I mean, ghosts are just souls. Are you sure she's not just unconscious or sleeping? Mrs. White laughed, stroking the little girl's hair. No, Brittany, I'm pretty sure that Mrs. Miss Poverly isn't just sleeping. The CSI on the case said there was there were no signs of ghost life in her. As for what condition she's in right now, we would like you to check her out yourself. Brittany lifted her head in excitement. I get to see mom? I get to meet the heroes? Yes, you do, honey. The girl jumped up and hugged Mrs. White, almost pushing her o- pushing over her wine glass. She didn't bother apologizing and just rushed out of the office to find Meg, but she couldn't find her. She turned the ghost's headquarters upside down looking for her, but her friend was nowhere to be seen. Perhaps she's already gone to the morning briefing without me, Brittany thought, and she started running toward the briefing room. She ran past the cafeteria, the storage room, the weapons room. As she came past the prisoner's cell for the most dangerous ghosts, the cell made with the strongest metals, the cell with the best security, she heard a shout calling for her. Brittany Poverly. She turned round, searching for the person who called her name. The lights flickered on in the cell, revealing a woman's face. Brittany jumped when she saw her. The light bulb above the woman slowly brightened more, and now Brittany could see her clearly. The white figure was floating in the air, looking innocent, but the girl she knew girl, the girl knew she was pure evil. It was Evelyn Black. She was the ghost that her friend and the heroes captured, the one and only ghost witch that the Ghostbusters had never been able to catch until, until the, these miracles happened. The ghost witch smiled at Brittany slyly. Darling, you've just found out the tragic news, eh? How are you feeling? Sad? Overwhelmed, perhaps? I feel just fine, Brittany muttered. Dear, you do realize that I can actually help you through this unfortunate matter, Evelyn Black said, her fingers wrapping around the metal bars. Her long fingernails were pointy and sharp. You, a Ghostbuster, have the one career that understands me the most. Must understand that I was once a therapist. I've dealt with this kind of matter several times, Brittany scoffed. You're an evil ghost, one with magical powers that no one really understands. Why should I trust you? Brittany Poverly, you know that this isn't about me being a magical creature. This has absolutely nothing to do with evil things. The ghost witch saw that Brittany was about to walk away, and she reacted quickly. I can tell you secrets. Things that you've never known about your mother. 
You think you know her when you really don't. There she is, lying on the ground, dead, yet you know nothing about her that's actually important. The young Ghostbuster turned her back to the prisoner, deep in thought. Your mother is not what you think she is. She is a unique ghost, like an imagination. Do you want to know more, Brittany? You're being a sore loser, Evelyn Black. I'm not going to free you even if you tell me all the information about my mom. The girl took a step away from the cell. No, I'm not begging for you to let me go, Evelyn said as the bars clanked noisily. I'm hoping we could make a deal like two businesswomen. I'm treating you like an adult. I bet nobody really treats you like that, right? Once this deal is made, I will be free and happy living a good life as a ghost, not a vicious ghost witch, and you will be happy too. Knowing your mother properly will give you a great relief. And that is the therapist part of me speaking. Believe me. Without another word, the little ghostbuster stuck her tongue out at her and speed walked away to the morning briefing. Meg, I need your help. I called Daddy several times already, but he just didn't pick up. I left him countless voicemails, but he wouldn't respond. I worry something is terribly wrong. He's been gone for days, weeks even. No, Meg, he's not home. That's the whole reason I'm telling you about this. You'll come over? Okay, thanks. Brittany put the telephone down, feeling stick sick to her stomach. She couldn't help but worry if her father was ever coming back. She just lost her mother, although she never really got to spend that much time with her and they weren't that close. She didn't want to lose her father, too. She heard laughter in the driveway outside the house. It was her little brother and sister, Wyatt and Willow. She was the only child in the family whose name didn't start with a W, and she always felt a little left out because of it. Willow was just a little younger than Wyatt, and Brittany wasn't really that much older than either of them. But their parents always saw Brittany as the big sister, so they put the responsibility of taking care of her siblings all on her shoulders. Wyatt and Willow were just coming home from school, and as soon as they saw the troubled look on their sister's face, they put a serious expression on and tried to be as professional as possible. What's wrong, Wyatt asked. The way he stood and looked up at her sis his sister was very adorable and touching. His voice was soft and gentle. I can't find Dad, Brittany frowned down at her siblings. Meg is on her way to help deal with the problem. I'm sure she'll be able to solve this trouble. Just then, Meg arrived at their house and knocked on the door. Brittany welcomed her and they sat down on the couch. I haven't seen him for a long time. He didn't even show up at the house for a whole day. It's not just work anymore, Meg. If it were, he would have called. He always does. If you're so sure about it, I'll contact Mrs. White. Hopefully she'll be able to help, Meg said, walking over to the old telephone in the living room and dialing Mrs. White's number. The phone started ringing. Mrs. White picked up after a few seconds. Wyatt and Willow sat quietly in their room. Even though they knew little, they could sense that this was a tense situation. Mrs. White and a crew of Ghostbusters came to Brittany's home and questioned the children. 
They most they mentioned the, to the children that they were almost certain that their father wasn't coming back. The agency your father works for said they'd send him on a mission, but it doesn't last this long. In fact, he should have been done with the mission and came back to return in the report for days already. So either something had happened to him, or he just didn't want to come back. Mrs. White told Brittany, "I hate to be the one who tells you all the bad news that happens to your family, dear, but it's my job, and sadly, it's the truth." Brittany glanced at her siblings' way. She could see them through the little crack of the door. But it isn't fair. Mommy had just died for some reason, and Daddy just somehow left. Now I miss them terribly, and I have to take care of Wyatt, Willow, and Enki. How can Daddy do something like this? Honey, you won't have to carry the burden of your family anymore," the woman said, standing up from the couch. "My crew and I have found a distant relative who promises to take care of you all. I cannot give you your parents back, but at least I can make the situation better. Does this mean it's permanent? Is Daddy abandoning us and never coming back? I'm afraid so." Brittany exhaled. The orange cat of Hers leaped from the shelf and onto her lap. She was sort of used to it, seeing that it happened every single day. As the cat meowed loudly, Brittany stroked his fur, a thoughtful expression on her pale little face. She didn't reply to Mrs. White. Your uncle will arrive at the house any minute. We wish you luck, Brittany. After she finished the sentence, Mrs. White and the Ghostbusters all left the house together. The sound of transportation balls smashing against the ground made Brittany feel alone again. Though her friend Meg, her siblings, and the cat were still with, there with her, it was a hollow feeling. She didn't know how to hide it. Meg scooted closer to her friend. Do you want me to pack my things and come up here to spend a few nights at your house, sort of like a sleepover? It could be fun. Brittany nodded. Grabbing hold of the extremely chubby cat and lifting him up playfully, that would be nice," she replied. Meg smiled at her and ran out of the house. "I'll be back in a minute." Brittany watched as her friend jumped on her bike as quickly as she could and rode away to pack her bags. Just when she was about to go back to the kitchen and finish doing all her chores, she heard the front door swing open and then loudly banging shut. She turned around, staring at the man standing in the front of the door. He was fat, fatter than Enki, and he stood there with his legs apart and his arms above his head. He had a mustache below his round nose, a weird-looking hat which he wore casually on his head. A goofy, childish grin spread across his chubby face. He looked familiar. It was her uncle, Uncle Bruno. The man threw his head back and laughed like crazy. "What's up, amiga? Remember me? I'm Uncle Bruno."